This is the Digital Agency Insiders Podcast. Inside, you'll learn how to build, grow, and scale your digital marketing agency all from the comfort of your favorite coffee shop. Let's get started with the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome again to the Digital Agency Insiders Podcast. This is the podcast that gives you a little inside peek into how entrepreneurs have built and grown their digital marketing agencies. Uh, my name's Tabitha Thomas. I'm your host. And if this is your first time listening to the episode, I just want to say welcome. And if you've been listening for a while, go and hit that subscribe button as we release new episodes each and every Tuesday. So let's go ahead and get into today's show. So today I have with me Steve Gordon. Steve is the founder of both the Unstoppable C. CEO and Steve Gordon Marketing System. He also hosts his own show, The Unstoppable CEO Podcast, and he has developed marketing strategies for businesses in over 30 industries. He helps professionals, consultants, agencies, and experts build marketing systems to pre-sale to ideal clients, meaning his clients don't have to become a master marketer or a salesperson. Steve, welcome to the show. Hey, Tabitha. Thanks for having me. This is going to be fun. Yes, I'm super excited, a fellow podcaster, so that's always exciting for sure. Uh, so I, if you've ever listened to the podcast, I always open them up and end in the exact same way, and it's, it's the stories that I love telling the most. And it's, you know, you've been through pretty much every, every level of management over the last 20 years, from project manager to executive vice president to president, CEO, and founder. So growing up, did you always know that you wanted to run your own business or is that just something that kind of happened along the way? I don't know that I thought about it a lot. Actually growing up, I wanted to be a fighter pilot. Like okay. like every time I saw a plane go over, I'm like looking up, you know. Um, but I went to college and my freshman year, my eyes went bad. So that ended that pretty quickly. Oh, no. So, um, no. So I don't think I had that thought, but I grew up in a, you know, in a house where my dad had a, an accounting practice and, uh, you know, and it went through normal ups and downs that small businesses go through and um, just kind of had that experience. So I think it was sort of the natural thing. And so I got uh, an engineering degree in college, came out, went to work for a small firm and, um, and got really lucky. I got asked to, to take over for the founder after I'd been there for about four years. And so here I am 28 uh, and I'm running this business. I had had some, you know, some leadership roles before that, but uh, I didn't know what I was doing at all. And uh, certainly didn't know much about uh, sales and marketing at the time. And so that's, that's kind of where it started. Know, the journey started. Yeah. Yeah. So how did it lead to where you are today as far as owning your own agency? So how did it go from there to, to now? Well, so in that business, we, um, you know, we relied like a lot of businesses do on word of mouth. Mm -hmm. And there were days the phone would ring off the hook and there were days the phone wouldn't ring all at all. And we didn't really know why one day was one way and the other day was, you know, the other way. And we weren't really doing anything proactive. Um, so there was like no marketing or sales capability within the company. We got referred and when that happened, we got new clients and they were good, you know, clients, large projects and all that. But when I took over, that kind of scared me. I thought, well, if, you know, we're growing, but we need to be able to have a pipeline. Mm -hmm. So I started really studying sales and marketing. And um, I'll never forget it. it. It all started. I went to a Barnes and Noble around the corner from the office when Barnes and Noble still, you know, was out there. Oh, I miss them. Town, you know? Oh, how I miss them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is mid nineties internet's brand new. Uh -huh. uh, 
And uh, I bought a book and it was about that thick and it was called The Personal MBA in Marketing. And I read it and it was really written for like Coca-Cola. It wasn't written for our little tiny business, but that got the journey started. And so I, I you know, found other things. And uh, after about uh, 10 years, we'd had some good success in that business. And I just decided I was ready to do something different. I really enjoyed uh, the marketing side of it. So, uh, so that's how I got here 10 years ago, actually this year, uh, started the, the current business and then started working with, you know, other professionals who were having the same struggles we were having. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the agency and what it is that you guys do right now for your clients. What, what is it, the services that you provide? Yeah. So we've evolved over the years. So we started off doing straight consulting. We were just giving advice, you know, come in, we'll give you the strategy, you go implement it, uh, which is great in theory, except the vast majority of the businesses that you're going to end up working with don't have the capability to implement any of it. And the business owners don't want to become marketers. They want to be, yeah. you know, they want to be an insurance agent or a CPA or whatever they are. Right. So yeah. um, we, we had this moment, um, you know, at one of our long-term clients who, you know, quarter after quarter, we'd meet with him and he just loved all the strategies, but he was stuck. He, he wasn't getting anything implemented. And I finally just said to him, look, if we just did that for you, I mean, it was something pretty simple. I think it was like writing some articles. If we just did yeah. that for you. Would that help? Would that get you over this hump? He's like, oh, that'd be amazing. Could you do that every month? Yeah. And so all of a sudden we, we were now in the agency business. So, um, so it started there. And what we found was that for our clients who are all experts the, and they all tend to have a long sales cycle, they're selling to other businesses. They need a way to demonstrate their expertise on a consistent basis and to stay in front of potential clients mm-hmm. regularly, like once a week, you know, every other week, something like that. And do it in a way that's not annoying and hold the attention of clients because they don't know when, you know, they know that that person's going to become a client maybe sometime over the next 18 months to two years to five years, but they yeah. don't know when. So they got to stay in the game. And we tried all sorts of methods for that. What we've kind of ended up on that is working consistently is, well, they're not a podcast. Uh, you have this experience. Yep. Doing a podcast is easy, right? We get to show up. We're both smiling. We're both excited. This is fun. It's not like writing an article, uh-uh. publishing it where you're going in your cave and you're typing and you're staring at the blank screen. It's a social thing. So we just found that it was really easy for business owners to implement and got them really good results. And we're able to use it to build strategic relationships. And, uh, and that really drove a lot of referrals. For them. So that's what we do now. That's awesome. So is there a specific niche that you work within or is it kind of just anybody and everybody? Yeah, we, well, I mean, we work specifically with, we call them expertise based businesses. So these are service businesses. Um, Probably the two biggest groups that we work with are uh, other marketing agencies, believe it or not, who might be really good at getting a website ranked at SEO, but they aren't really necessarily set up, you know, and skilled at how to nurture somebody through the long sales cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we come in there and oftentimes they're just so busy with all that. I started to say, that was about what I was my guess is that you know, you're so busy working on everybody else that you don't have time to work on yourself. So, yeah. So it's, it's easy to bring us in to just handle it. Um, yeah. and then, uh, the other group that we, the, that we have a lot of success with, uh, are consultants and, uh, usually consultants that have invested in, 
you know, getting certified in a particular methodology. So uh, we work with some folks who are uh, certified EOS, entrepreneurial operating system implementers and uh, value builder system and, and folks who have done that sort of thing. And they're just looking now to build out their own platform. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So uh, the question that I get asked a lot for anybody that's starting a digital agency is what did the first six months of owning your own business look like and what hurdles did you have to overcome? So everybody loves talking about, you know, two years down the road when it's successful, but nobody wants to talk about the ugly six months when you're first starting. So what were some of the hurdles you had to overcome then? Well, yeah, so it's really interesting, you know, so I had this experience of running uh, a a consulting business in different industry, but, you know, still running a consulting business. And I thought, well, I got this, you know, so I'm just gonna go start this thing and I know what to do. Um, running a business that is existing and that has existing cash flow and growing that, very different than starting from a cold, you know, start. So mm-hmm. um, it was, uh, it was eye opening. Um, you know, when I started this business in 2010, I leveraged my existing network. I'd had a, you know, built a, a pretty good network and that brought some clients fairly uh-huh. quickly. Um, and I mean, we went old school, you know, I, we, I wrote, I sat in a coffee shop one day and wrote a, uh, a report that was about 15 or 20 pages of here are all the things that you need to do, you know, to, uh-huh. to work it successfully. Um, we, I went and got, hundred of those printed up and wrote a sales letter. And I went and hired some folks on some uh, stay at home moms on, I think it was either Craigslist or like hire my mom.com. Oh, that's and really a thing. Wow. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It's in fact, I got a web uh, email from them like two days ago and they put the packages together. I compiled a list. They put the stuff in, in the envelopes, put stamps on them, hand addressed them. And we mailed out, tons of those sales letters and that got us our first batch of clients and we were off to the races from there. You know, it's funny that you say that because everybody's so digital age now that when you turn it and kind of go old school, it kind of throws people off of their game. <laughs> like what is going on here? I'm not used to this because they're so inclined for the digital age that when you do the, the mailing thing, I bet it did bring you in a lot of clients because nobody's doing that. And so it's just makes you stand out from everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was part of our pitch too, is that we were going to be different. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And so that, that got us going and, um, you know, we've evolved over the years, um, as we've gotten into it and really for us, it's been about not so much coming to the client with here's the new whiz bang thing that you need, but really understanding the client and their business and then trying to reverse engineer how to get them the results with the least impact on their time. Because we found mm-hmm. that that is, that's the hardest thing to get the business owner to, to give up. The money's actually not that big of an issue, particularly mm-hmm. if you can get them results. The money's not an issue at all. Um, it's, it's, can they do it within their own capability and within their time? Yeah, that's, I've been interviewing business owners lately. I'm trying to change things up a little bit. And that has been one of the questions that I get. I'm like, if a marketer comes in, what's the one thing you want them to know? My time is valuable. Everyone has said that. So, mm-hmm. and they don't have a whole lot of, they can't recreate it. So, so definitely. Uh, Definitely something everyone needs. So, uh, so what would you say is the most important lesson that you've learned along the way? Uh, anytime you started any kind of new venture, be prepared for the pain. And I say that in uh, the most positive way possible, but we're, so we're 
you know, about to, to start a new division, um, targeting a new niche. And, um, you know, I'm, I've kind of had to mentally prepare myself to go, okay, over here, you don't have any reputation. Nobody knows you. We're starting kind of from scratch again. You got to be ready for 60 days of really heavy lifting to get the first clients, to get the clients results, to get the testimonials and the case studies and to kind of get momentum. And, um, you know, it's easy once you, you're rolling to forget how difficult that is. And, yeah. uh, and so I think that's the key thing is just think about, particularly as you're starting out, it's not going to be fun at the beginning. You know, you've just got to get through it, but that's every business. There's no mm. perfect business. And you got to really love what you're doing to be able to, to handle that going into it. <laughs> I, yeah, I, maybe. Um, I don't buy into all this passion stuff because oh, I've yeah? seen, I, I'm passionate about growing a business, but I've done it now in two different industries. Both were, had their challenges, you know, um, yeah. you know, I don't think you have to be passionate about that. I've, I, I've got friends who are in ugly businesses. I mean, you know, one, one owns funeral homes, right? Oh, that's, like not fun. that's not a, you know, it's not like the, you're the happiest place on earth. Yeah. Like Disney, right. Um, yeah. You know, I've got another guy who, uh, you know, is in the garbage business. Mm. This is not a passion business, but I'll tell you, they make a lot of money. And yeah. So I think you have to ask yourself, are you in it just because you want to wake up in the morning and say, Hey, I'm passionate or, you know, like for us, we're, we're passionate, but we're passionate about the people we're helping. Yeah. You know, we want to be a hero to those people. We just happen to solve this particular problem for them. That's just the avenue for getting there. I like yeah. it. I like it. So you, you talk about starting, you know, from the ground up and, and getting clients. So is there any hurdles that you've had to overcome with not having, you know, when you first started it, not having previous experience or anything to show those clients, like this is what I'm actually capable of doing. No, no, past things to show. Now, how did you overcome those? You know, in the beginning, um, particularly because I was coming from this technical background and now I'm, you know, so a month and a half ago, they, they knew me from the chamber of commerce as, mm -hmm. as this other business. And now I'm over here doing this. Um, it, you know, I had to lean on relationships and, okay. you know, just people that I knew who trusted me enough to know that I wasn't going to do anything to harm them, that I had their best interest at heart and that no matter what I was going to deliver. Yeah. And, um, and that got the ball rolling at first. Um, it's really challenging when you don't have that, that case to now that the, this new division we're launching, we're going into an area where I don't have any relationships and yeah. uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out. But we know we have a, a way to get results really quickly we're just sort of taking something that we do from one industry to another, but um, you know, but those case studies and testimonials don't really translate. So uh, okay. we'll, we'll see how that goes. It's going to, it's always a challenge it's a to hurdle. get the first one. Yes. Yeah, so true. Well, you mentioned that you were in the chamber of commerce. So is that something that is a, a is important for your business is joining the local chamber? No, no. <laughs> I went cold. So I went cold Turkey on that after about two years. Like I haven't been to a chamber okay. of commerce meeting in eight years. Uh, oh, wow. And now, are you still a member or are you just not going? No, because I only have one client locally anymore. Oh, okay. Um, and so, I mean, that's one of the advantages of, of beginning to narrow your focus is, you know, you're probably going to narrow it to the point where 
there aren't enough clients locally locally to, mm -hmm. to really serve, uh, but you're going to increase your ability to deliver. You know, so when we get a new client on there in one of these two or three little groups that we serve, we know how to, to win for those people. Um, you know, if we brought somebody in that was outside of one of those groups, now we've got to learn it all over again. So it's very hard for us to be profitable mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, and be efficient as we do that. So the way you overcome that is now you work anywhere and, uh, and the internet allows that, which makes the chamber less important. Yeah, that's true. Very true. But if you're local, I can see where it would be very, very beneficial. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So if you could go back in time at any point and talk to yourself or warn yourself about anything about starting your business, is there anything that you would say besides, you know, be prepared and be tough, uh, anything else that you would give yourself? Yeah, I would have niched more aggressively, more quickly. Okay. That makes everything easier. Yes. And it, I don't care how many times you beat that into somebody's head. Sometimes they still don't get it. <laughs> Everybody is so convinced that if I go in that niche, I'm going to lose all of this. Not necessarily. No, it's, it's funny because we go through that conversation with our clients a lot of the time. And I just tell them, look, just, just humor me. Okay. We're not mm -hmm. going to niche your whole business, but for this bit of the marketing that we're going to do, we're only going to talk to these people. Right. And we're only going to speak in there. Uh -huh. So anybody else brings you money, you just take that money, you put it in the cash register, you go, you know, have a great time with them. But for the marketing, let's at least niche, niche it down so that, you know, we can get you results. And it's once we get them over that hump of belief, then they can really start running. And that's one of the reasons, you know, that if, if you're thinking about starting an agency, if you're struggling in an agency right now, and you're doing work for anybody and everybody because they just happen to be local to you, you want to stop and think, is that the most effective way to do it? Mm -hmm. You know, you may be making your life unnecessarily difficult because when you show up to the butcher, the baker and the candlestick maker, you know, the butcher wants the web person or the agency that's just for the butcher and the baker wants the web person or the agency that's just for the baker. You know, it, you make your job so much harder when you remain a generalist. So, so, so very true. So what has been your greatest success story uh, so far in your agency? Um, you mean with our clients or our own? Yeah. Or, um, Anything. I well, love hearing success stories. So, <laughs> yeah. So we had one of our, one of the guys has been with us the, the longest. Um, he's in the M&A business, um, handles mergers and acquisitions, actually insures big merger and acquisition transactions and okay. he's based out in Silicon Valley. And when we first started working with him, he didn't do that. He was just a general kind of insurance agent. But he said, hey, I wanna go do this. I don't have any contacts. I don't know anybody in, the, in, in that industry at all. And it's kind of a closed industry, so we need to break into it. So it, it took him a little while. Thankfully, he had an existing business and some cash flow to support this transition. Um, you know, this is one of those businesses where there's an incredibly long sales cycle. I mean, it can be mm. years before a business, you know, before one of those transactions closes and he gets paid. But within two years, he had landed uh, the insurance piece of an acquisition by Audi, the car maker. Okay. Um, it was a hundred million dollar acquisition. Um, you know, and so in the way that we helped him kind of penetrate was, using a podcast to go and build strategic relationships and to position him as an authority in that area. 
you know, where he, mm-hmm. he was unknown before, but it, it's amazing who you can get to show up for a podcast interview. Yes. And pretty soon you become credible and authoritative just because you're having interviews with all of the authorities in, in the market. Mm, so and, true. Uh, yeah. So, um, so we've got that. We've got another one of our clients has been with us for about 10 years um, for the last three years. He's in financial services the last three years in a row. He's led uh, the company that he works for across the nation in annuity sales. Uh, And he's light years ahead of the guy that's number two. And he's been doing that with just good old blocking and tackling. He's putting a message out there consistently. He's niched and very focused. And he's, he's created all of the the elements of authority. And that's one Mm -hmm. of the things we talk about with our clients a lot. So we, for our clients, in addition to the podcast, we're usually creating a a book for them that positions them as the expert and kind Mm -hmm. of captures their, you know, their kind of proprietary process, the way they do things. So he's done that. um, And he, and he's relentless, you know, with his, his lead generation and his follow-up and, you know, and so the combination of all of these things starts to work like, a, a snowball rolling downhill, you know, in the first 90 days, it doesn't look like much. Maybe in the first year, it doesn't even look like all that much, but you get three years down the line and then beyond that. And all of a sudden you're creating this massive rush of, of new business for them. So, so very true. So very true. So how are you as an agency owner going out and finding clients? Are they typically finding you through like the podcast or do you have outreach methods that you're doing right now? Yeah. So we, um, we kind of eat our own dog food. So uh, Good. I've written, yeah, I've written five books um, and we use those as lead generators. I've never found a better way to generate a lead than having them come through a book. Um, and so, uh, so we use the books for that. Um, and the way that we get the books in front of people is I'll go and interview someone on my podcast. And um, usually it's someone that has an audience that I want to be in front of. Uh And my goal in that interview is to make them look like a rock star and to make them feel really great about the experience, build a relationship with them, and then find out, is there another way we could collaborate? Would it be a value for everybody in their network, everybody in their audience to, you know, give them all a copy of one of my books? Mm -hmm. And, you know, we call those massive referral events. And so we'll have instances where, you know, several times a month, someone that has been on the podcast will email their entire database an offer to come and request a copy of one of my books for free. And, um, you know, and we'll get, you know, anywhere from 50 to 200 to, you know, 750, a thousand leads all at once. Nice. Referred by somebody that they know and trust. Oh, that's awesome. So are you giving them an actual printed copy of the book or is this a PDF version or what does that look like? Yeah, I get asked that all the time. It doesn't really matter, but um, everybody wants to know. So uh, depending on how big the list is um, that they're going to send to, if it's thousands of people, uh, we generally will send them to a a page where they can get the PDF. Mm -hmm. And if anybody ever asks for, you know, a a paperback copy. We'll, we'll send one in the mail to them. But yeah. it gets to be a little bit impractical if a thousand people show up and request a book. Uh, <laughs> that, you know, that's so. Your marketing budget just went skyrocketing when that happens. Right. But, you know, a lot of times we'll do this and, you know, that we'll have someone share it with 15 or 20 of their clients. 
which is great. That's a, that actually usually converts even better than, than the, the big opportunities. Everybody likes the big numbers, but the ones that really make you money are those small, intimate, you know, lists that, that they share with. Yeah. For those people, we'll, we'll send uh, a copy of the book to each person individually by priority mail or by FedEx. Oh, wow. It's yeah. It's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. We've uh, been who I work with or work for. He's done his own book too. And that's one of our system, one of our ways of doing it too. So it works, works really, really well. So, uh, so let's talk about your podcast for a little bit. You've have 175 maybe plus by now episodes thus far. Uh, it's clearly going pretty well. Is there a favorite guest or a favorite story that you've had from the show? Oh my gosh. There've been so many. I mean, at this point, um, probably my favorite guest you don't tell any of the others okay sure <laughs> never this. everyone is it's your like, favorite i know it's that like picking your favorite child right yeah i know it's impossible um, yeah so i tell her we have four kids i tell them well you know today it's so and so but tomorrow will be different um <laughs> but yeah favorite guest is um it's probably dan sullivan we had dan sullivan from strategic coach on okay. uh, about a year and a half ago and uh, he talked about taking uh, your business 100x. So imagine 100 okay. times growth. And it wasn't so much that he talked about a strategy for doing that. The whole point was to get you thinking differently. So that's one of my favorite episodes. I actually been back and listened to it several times just to really elevate your thinking. Because if you start to think uh -huh. about how am I going to grow 100 times from wherever I am today, you can't get there doing what you're doing now. It forces mm -hmm. you to think differently. So that was one of my favorites. Um, Another one, uh, we interviewed Perry Marshall and okay. uh, not about marketing, um, which he's very famous for, but uh, we had a great conversation for about an hour um, on his Evolution 2.0 book, which I just thought was fascinating. Uh, uh, if, if you ever want to get a take on evolution from an engineer's perspective, oh, gosh. read that book. It's deep, and it, yeah. But but we geeked out for about an hour, so I had a good time. I started saying, yeah, I'm married so to an engineer, so I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so it was uh, that that was fun. Um, interviewed uh, one of my early interviews was uh, Steve Sims, who I don't know if okay. you're familiar with that name, but he's um, uh, he wrote a book called Blue Fishing, and okay. he's got a a business that's essentially like a, a concierge to, you know, the, the rich and famous. So okay. he's put on a wedding at the Vatican. He's put on a VIP dinner with uh, a bunch of Hall of Fame uh, NFL players for someone who was not at the Super Bowl. Uh, I mean, he's done all, like, if there's some experience that you want to have and you can write the check, you call him. Okay. And, uh, and he was really interesting because he talked about how he went about doing that. And he said, well, I never really know how I'm going to get anything done, but I know my first move is always, as soon as I hang up with the client, I'm picking up the telephone and I'm calling somebody because that's how I get stuff done. I call people that I know and I start asking questions and pretty soon I get to where I need to be. That's awesome. That was a really interesting insight that kind of applies to everything. Yeah. You know, you yeah. Cause it never, it, you know, somebody in some industry for something, right now right. yeah so if you think about um in fact that's on so this, this new division that we're gonna uh, launch um my action this week is to get on the phone i've got about five people that i know that i think have contacts in that area and i'm just gonna get on the phone and say hey this is what we're thinking about doing um i you, you may know some people in there I, i'm just looking to do some research right now and i'd like mm -hmm. to, to meet with them can you introduce me 
Yeah. You know? and, and that gets the ball rolling. And, and the insight that I got from him, which I think is, is critical, I think, for any, any agency owner is he had that default move. Like no matter what, this was his first action. And once he got into motion, uh-huh. everything got easier. But if you sit there and stew about something that you don't know how to do, it's only going to get more difficult. So true. Uh, analysis paralysis, is that what they call it? That's yeah, that so absolutely. many people, so many people yeah. get stuck in that. I bet he would be an interest. I bet the stories he could tell would be amazing. So uh, I bet that was a really good one. So, uh, so what's, what's, you know, we're talking about this new division of the company, but is there anything else on the horizon that you, uh, you want to talk to us about? That, uh, you know, that, that's really, uh, that's our, you know, kind of part of our focus. We're really, you know, still very much focused and dedicated on, uh, you know, on our core business, which is helping position agency owners and consultants and, you know, people like that and, uh, and helping them, you know, really create a, a systematic way to get clients. And so we're always refining that process down. Um, and uh, just recently I wrote a new book um, called Podcast Prospecting, which kind of lays out, it really is, is kind of the culmination of everything we've been doing over the last 10 yeah. years. Um, and, um, and how much time do we have? I don't want right. to. As many as you of, want, as many as okay. you want. I don't have another one. I don't want to take so. us too far down a rabbit <laughs> hole, but I think this is useful for folks. So no, I definitely want to hear about it. The way that we stumbled on, on podcasting, because I think this is a really great strategy for an agency. Mm-hmm. The way that we stumbled on it in 2012, I just decided I'd listened to podcasts. I was an early adopter kind of geek back then. And I said, well, I want to start one. And so I did. And, um, and I started interviewing other marketers from all over the world. Uh, literally. I mean, mm-hmm. I interviewed somebody in New Zealand, I interviewed people in Europe, all over the US. And, um, and it went really well. Our business was growing at that point. We were, I think, about two years old then. We grew tremendously that year, um, partly because of the podcast, but really just because of other things that we were doing. And so I stopped the podcast because I didn't have time anymore. I started to say that would be the big question. Everybody's going to ask you like, well, how do you have the time if you're so busy? Well, here's the deal. Like, don't do it yourself. It's not CEO work. Okay. Uh-huh. You, need a team. you uh-huh. need a team. You're never going to get very far in business without a team. So you need a team to do it. That's why that first podcast died. I didn't have a team to do it, but I, I interviewed 52 people. We had a weekly podcast that ran for a year. And two years later, I wrote my first book, which is called Unstoppable Referrals. And I went back to those 52 people and I'd maintained relationships with most of them. 15 of them agreed to share my book with everybody that was in their database or their audience. And I, and I had no idea what to expect. I mean, we had a uh-huh. little tiny email list when we released the book, it was maybe a thousand people. Mm-hmm. And the week that the book launched, they all go and share it to their list. And as a result, 5,268 people got the book in a week. Wow. So we had, teeny tiny little email list and we 5x'd it in a week. Yeah. And that wasn't because of any wizardry we did on the marketing side. It was all because of the relationships that I had built. Mm -hmm. And that to me is the reason to use a podcast because you begin to build this, this army of allies. Um, we call it your Oprah army because any one of them can, you know, like Oprah used to put businesses, you know, on and all of a sudden the business would just blow up. Mm-hmm. Any one of them can, can introduce you to their audience. And all of a sudden, you know, here you've got new clients coming in 
and it's an easy ask. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I said that uh, I, I went cold turkey on, on the chamber and local networking in 2012. Just so happens that was about the same time I, I was doing this first podcast. Uh -huh. And I would go to these, I was doing probably eight to 10 hours of networking between events and having those little coffee dates that you could have before the shutdown and mm -hmm. going to lunches and breakfast meetings, like every day was something. And, you know, people would come in and we'd have, you know, some, some days I'd just hang out at a coffee shop and I'd have every 30 minutes a new meeting. People would come in late, they'd be unprepared. They'd say, oh yeah, I'd love to have a, you know, mutually beneficial relationship. That's the, the buzzword, right? For, yeah. you're never gonna hear from me again. And, um, and it just was unproductive. And what I discovered was that if I could give someone a stage to be on, even if at the time I had a really small group of people to share it with, they didn't care, mm -hmm. you know? It was not just being shared with my audience. It was giving them a place to create a marketing asset for themselves that they could go and use because they could mm -hmm. take that interview and say, hey, I was interviewed by so-and-so. That had a lot of value and still has a lot of value. And the relationship that you create because that person is showing up instead of rushed coming from their other meeting and not prepared and all that, they show up as their best self because they're yeah. on stage. Mm -hmm. right? Um, it just, it creates this energy into the relationship, which tees you up to then have a conversation about, Hey, how could we extend this collaboration? This worked really well. Um, and that's the, it's a key shift. And it took me a while to really understand this, but I think it's super important for everybody to understand when you're doing that, that local networking and you're getting together and you're talking about potentially helping each other in the future, mm -hmm. that's great intentions are wonderful, but when you're the leader of the collaboration and, and you know, like you guys reached out to me, you said, Hey, we'd love to have you on the show. Mm -hmm. And of course I'm going to jump at the opportunity. And, um, we didn't know each other. We were total yeah, strangers. No. Yep. No, but, um, because you led that collaboration and now here we are collaborating. We're not just talking about doing it. Uh huh. We've already experienced what it would be like to work together. Yep. And it's super easy. And for me, being a podcast, I'm really good at talking one-on-one -on -one with people. Like it's my, 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 my teachers in school would be so proud because they always said I was never going to find a career just talking, Tabitha. <laughs> I proved <laughs> Oh, you did all. though. You did. Oh, I did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's so great and so easy to be able to talk one-on-one -on -one with somebody, but yet we're in front of a huge audience but it doesn't feel that way because I'm not standing up on a stage in front of people. So it's a lot more personal because we can talk just like this, but yet our message is getting out to this huge audience without me turning into a nervous wreck in front of a huge audience. Yeah. Well, can we pull the curtain back? For folks yes, please. Bit? Yeah. So what everybody's not going to see at the end of this, you know, cause the recording will stop and then we're going to have some chit chat at the end. And uh -huh. uh, you know, we, we had a little bit of, you know, chit chat beforehand. We built rapport, found out that, um, you know, I'm about to come and have a vacation near where you live. And, uh -huh. you know, so now we, we're getting to know each other a little bit. Well, at the end of this, you know, I'm going to invite you onto our podcast because it's in my interest to do so. We're probably going to brainstorm some ways we might be able to help each other further because 
you seem like a good person. Hopefully you think I seem like a good person. Mm-hmm. You know, we may come up with some ways to promote each other. Maybe it's, you know, you guys sharing my book. Maybe it's me mm-hmm. sharing your book with my mm-hmm. audience. Maybe both. Yeah. Um, I look at these as the beginning of really long-term relationships. And um, this month, um, as we record this, we're going into July, 2020. So this month I am doing my seventh collaboration with a partner that I interviewed on that very first podcast. And every year since then, we have cross-promoted each other. Nice. It's one of the most valuable relationships that I have. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, we've exchanged podcast interviews multiple times over the years. He's hosted webinars for me. I've hosted webinars for him. We've promoted each other's books because he's got multiple books now. And, um, and he's launching something new. Um, right at the end of July. We're going to promote that. I've got a new book. He's promoting that in a a week or so. So you can build these relationships that pay such long-term dividends. And, Mm -hmm. you know, then you're immune from having to try and figure out a Facebook ads funnel to a webinar, to an appointment, whatever pie ticket thing people are trying to get you to do. Yeah. You know, it's just so much easier and so much more direct and you're not dependent upon um, you know, nameless, faceless companies, Mm -hmm. you know, and nameless, faceless leads. Yeah. Well, if you were to boil marketing down to one word, I think it would be relationships and that's where everything lies is just in a relationship, which is my favorite thing actually. So (laughs) it makes it so much easier when you build relationships, you don't have to sell anything. And that's, that's, what's so great about it. So I, um, so tell us a little bit about the book that you are releasing right now and, uh, where can they find it? Yeah. So the book is called Podcast Prospecting. And um, I'd actually love to give a, a copy away to everybody that's listening. Okay. Um, they can they can go to uh, our website if they go to unstoppableceo.net slash insiders. So it's unstoppableceo.net slash insiders. Uh, I like the name. Page, you like that? Yeah. <laughs> so there's a page there and um, and there'll be a link, a picture of the book and a link where you can download it. Um, for free and awesome. uh, so 10, 10 bucks off of what Amazon's going to charge you. And, um, and that describes our process and how we do it. We pretty much lay everything out in there. So, well, that's awesome. That's awesome. Are you like me and you record all your podcasts in one, one day? Like I have one day of the week that is just specifically for podcasts. <laughs> yeah. I tend to do them on Fridays cause it's just a great way to end the week. I, I usually get done about three o'clock and that's the end of my week. And uh, that's a good idea. Know, I do mine on Tuesdays, which is in the beginning. I should probably think about Fridays. That'd probably be easier. But then on Fridays I have a three-year-old running around the house. So maybe not so much. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, yeah. Ours are all a lot older than that. So it's, it's oh, easier, she's our baby. She's our baby. So the way I love ending every podcast and we talked about your book a little bit, but is there any other books that, or podcast or anything that you're reading right now that is helping you uh, grow as a leader or as an entrepreneur? Yeah. I, uh, you know, I'd seen this book uh, a year or so ago when it came out and I was like, yeah, hey, I'm not going to read that. And then heard somebody recommend it and I went and got it and read it. It's The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek. Okay. And, you know, he talks about a couple of different mindsets that you approach in business. Um, and his, I guess his whole premise is that business is really an infinite game. There's, there's no ending point ever, mm-hmm. really. Um, you know, even when your business goes away and you leave the planet, the game is still being played. Mm-hmm. and has been played long before any of us got here. And so it requires a different approach. I think that's actually a really good thing to read right now because we're in a situation where 
a lot of businesses are sitting there thinking, am I going to be in this, you know, in six months yeah. or a year because of what's going on? And it really, um, it got me refocused on the fact that there's plenty of opportunity out there. It's moved, mm -hmm. but there's plenty of opportunity. And mm -hmm. my job is to keep playing the game. It doesn't matter what that looks like. As long as I continue to play the game, then I'm good. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And I like him. He's an incredibly smart human being. I love watching any of his, his videos. So, all right. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I've enjoyed uh, every minute getting to know you and uh, you guys we will see you next Tuesday. Yeah, Tabitha, thanks. All right. See you soon. You've been listening to the Digital Agency Insiders Podcast. For more tutorials on growing your digital marketing agency, make sure to visit digitalagencyinsiders.com.